Welcome to Village Church Q&A. Pastor Michael here with you. I'm in the studio with Amanda. Amanda, uh, the question that you have the delight to answer is, are Christians required to attend church? So before COVID, the average evangelical church uh, had about 65% of their church on any given Sunday morning. Now that's the average. Post COVID, it's around 30 to 35%. That doesn't surprise me at all. Right. I mean, it's it's very interesting watching people's um, view of church attendance shift drastically. So I, I want to just pull back COVID or otherwise. Uh, this is, I think it's a heavy question because of the word required, hmm. but are Christians required to attend church? So the short answer is yes, we are required to go to church. But before Everyone's mad. <laughs> throwing stuff at the screen. Before you get angry, yeah. let's go back to even before New Testament. That's basically where my focus is going to be. Yeah. But if you could bring along some kind of information about how the Old Testament yeah, traditions, sure. um, how they dealt with going to church. It yeah. wasn't even called church, was it? No. Um, so what they would do is they would they would go to, most Jews would go to synagogue. And so you had the temple, which is in Jerusalem, and, and you would go there for weekly worship. Some people would go more than that, but kind of everybody would come together at, on Saturday, on the Sabbath for their weekly worship. And the, for those who lived far enough away that they couldn't have access to the temple, they have what were basically called synagogues. And these synagogues were sort of like what we would think of as churches. And they were kind of spread out um, all throughout Israel at the time. And so they would meet faithfully. They would meet weekly. Uh, they were legally required to meet. Remember, they were under old covenant law. Hmm. Um, one of these is in Leviticus 23, verse three, and it's actually going through the 10 commandments. And they say, uh, six days shall work be done. But on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall not do work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. Interesting, the convocation is this concept of, of gathering for worship. And so uh, even in Leviticus, it seems explicit that this is what everybody would do. And as you watched, you know, as you watch the Old Testament unfold, this is kind of how they functioned and practiced. If you were a Jew, you went to synagogue or temple weekly. There, the word of God was taught. It was read. There were prayers. There was singing. There was fellowship. And so everything we kind of know about church is rooted off of the Old Testament system. Mm. So in the first century, when all of these Jews started to become Christians, they were attending temple weekly. And it was interesting because this notion of like a local church hadn't developed yet. And so they would gather at the temple for Christian worship, if you will. Eventually, they moved their worship day to Sunday uh, because of the resurrection. And even Paul writes in Colossians, don't let anybody judge you with regard to the day of the week that you worship as to Sabbath, et cetera. That's old covenant. It's all gone. Mm. We're in the new covenant, new rules, a um, lot more freedom. Uh, but at the end of the day, everything we know about local church weekly worship uh, was rooted and established in old covenant law in the synagogues and the temple. Yep. So for there to be a shift from obligation um, you would hope that there would be some kind of scripture behind that to communicate yes. um, that things have changed. Yep. Yeah. So you talk about this is like Old Testament. This is the rule. Yeah. This is what you need to they follow. Required. And then in the New Testament, yeah. we have a whole bunch of scripture that just tells us like, yes, 
but here's why. Yep. This is why we want to do it. And yep. I love that it, it explains it and gives us some good yeah. benefits to help us understand. The first thing that I'm mm. going to walk us through is um, we are required because we have a duty mm. as believers. In Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. That's hard. <laughs> yeah, hard words. <laughs> but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, he really does just kind of point some people out like, you know, some of these people are yeah. doing that, yep. um, but I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to ne- neglect meeting together. So yep. he calls them out. He does. Um, yeah. Can I just draw your attention yep. to something? We haven't talked about this. No. I mean, we share notes and whatnot, but um, <laughs> he's writing to Hebrews, Jews, mm. whose entire con- like their entire concept of worship is synagogal by nature. Yeah. Um, and so I've heard some Christians respond to this and they'll say, not neglecting, like we do go once a month or maybe once or twice a month. Like we're not neglecting. Mm. And it's interesting. The notion that he, that the author of Hebrews has in his mind is weekly synagogue required worship. Like that is, that mm. is the principle undergirding this. Sorry. Yep. I just, no, the context a, is super helpful so that we know that yeah. it's not just like, oh, I mean, come on Christmas and Easter. And yep. that's the expectation. Totally. The expectation and actually the main point of the scripture is talking about how we can encourage one another and love each other. We have a responsibility to meet mm. emotional needs, physical needs. Back in the day, they didn't have technology. They didn't know yeah. what kind of needs were going on. So they had to meet face to face to to provide spiritual support to one another. And I I think that technology can be an amazing blessing that we can use in community, but nothing beats how the Lord has wired us to have face-to-face connection. Mm. And I know some people that, uh, some people, (laughs) they have the comfortability level, you know, to use technology. Some people, you have to, like I have some friends, I have to be face-to-face with them in order for them to tell me what is going on or if they have a need. Some yeah. people you're face to face and they don't even tell you that. Yeah. But a lot of people, if you're face to face and you say, what's going on? Um, do you need help? Can yeah. I pray for you? They will tell you. Yeah, it's it's the way evangelicals, I am one, but the way we process church is sermonic based. And if the primary mm-hmm. like goal of church is uh, information about a sermon, then you're right. I actually can just download that and watch online or whatever else. Yeah. But it's interesting the way that the way that church is structured, and again, all rooted on synagogal systems. You know, we express it differently. Cultures do that, but they all have the same kind of core components. Mm-hmm. Is is there something about this that God has designed our soul to need humanity, mm. connection? But it's it's not just that. It's it is prayer. It's fellowship. It's spiritual gifts. It yeah. is this act of like church is a place where I go with something to give and a need to receive something. Yeah. Most people are just like, they're not even thinking in terms of giving and receiving. They're mm. thinking in terms of knowledge. Mm. They're thinking in terms of sermons. Mm. And that's why like most people statistically actually skip the music part um, mm. uh, in terms of watching church online, if the, especially if they're coming in later and they go right to the sermon because in their brain, it's sermonic essentially yes. rather than collectively yeah. as a family worshiping God and building one another yeah. up. I came offerings for and, what I should come here for, and right. that is to hear the preacher preach. So we are going to go back and we're going to actually just 
talk about that there are scriptures in the New Testament that say we should be meeting on a weekly basis mm-hmm. in Acts 20, verse 7, and in 1 Corinthians 16, yep. 1 through 2. It just talks about the church is coming together on the yep. first day of the week. And uh, the day isn't relevant, like you said, mm-hmm. but the frequency was. Yep. It, and we've kind of gone over that already. Yep. So we can move sail on, I think, I'll to the next on. one. Yep. Um, we need to be going because God meets us in a unique way when we come to church. Yeah. I'm excited for you to talk about this. I think this is really special. So, okay. Sorry. I'm just, so, no problem. I'm excited We're, for we yeah. are excited. We yeah. are excited about church. We're excited about meeting because we, we felt the impact. So in Matthew 18, 20, it says for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And this, it's kind of a funny thing to say, because we're like, God is omnipresent. God mm-hmm. is everywhere. When I'm alone, he is mm-hmm. with me. It's true. Yep. But you think about the Holy Spirit residing in me, residing in you, yeah. residing in the the multitude of believers when we're together. And God can really do something special when we're together. Because, you know, when we talk about gifts yep. and you having an ear or me having a leg, and then we bring those together, like, it's a beautiful thing. Really is, and yeah. I And I... Even community groups have been a huge impactful tool in my life. Mm. When you're going through something and you have multiple people saying, remember, this is scripture, Amanda, Mm. like, remember this. And could I help you in that way? It is just beautiful to feel the Lord really coming alongside of you through his people, because that's where he is. Yeah. I I, I don't know that I could support what I'm about to say biblically, but I think I can, I think implicitly it's there. There are things that God will not do in you alone, but he will do in you in community. Mm -hmm. And when we miss the reality that I am not the whole body, I am a body part and that for optimal functioning, I need the entire body. Mm -hmm. And again, this is like, this is so classic. We're individualistic Americans. It's like in our soul. I got this. I don't need help. Mm. Like this is kind of in like in our very cultural notion. And it's one of the things that has made it really a unique nation in all of human history. Mm. But if we take it too far spiritually and we forget that we are actually, when I walk into church, like, of course, I've got sermons on my mind and whatnot. But um, one of the things I have to remind myself is I need the people here. They don't Mm. necessarily just need me. Like they do need someone to preach God's word. Right. And to provide some spiritual leadership, but like I need them as much as they need me. Mm. And uh, like somebody has a gift for me to mm. encourage me, or it could be praying over me. And I, again, the independent part of me is like, I got it, you mm-hmm. know, but I actually need the people of God. I need them. We need know? them. And I think one of my favorite things is, is worship actually yeah. for me on my end. Mm. You don't get a lot of agreement and opinions with a large amount of people, but when you have the body of Christ yeah. all coming together in one room and saying, I want to worship this God yep. because of the things he has done in each yeah. of our lives, that there's something special where you just feel the presence, you, you know, do. in a yep. really heavy way. God shows up. And I, God shows up. He, he does. He's there. you in a different way than it's just you and your car, which that's awesome. Personal mm. worship is amazing. It is. But corporate worship is commanded. So, right. Yeah. So, uh, The next thing that we just need to realize is that we need to be there because our spirit needs weekly teaching, fellowship, ordinances, and prayer. In Acts 2.42, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayer. So that's pretty explicit. That is how the synagogues worked, by the way. You look back and it's built actually on a multi-millennial tradition of how God has orchestrated and organized worship to take place. God's people get together and they hear teaching from God's word. They pray together, they fellowship, and we do ordinances now. They would do different things then. They had there was forms of baptism, right. but um, right. yeah, I mean, this is what we do. A lot of these answers are spirit. They're they're biblically heavy. Like we're going through a lot of scripture, yeah. and that's just because 
people have a tendency to be like, you know, prove me wrong. Yeah. Well, we're just going to go back to the Bible and yeah. say there is a reason and the yeah. Bible is the reason. The yeah. Lord has said it. Yeah, I want to I want to try because the uh, one of the most common things people say to me in COVID, we've had these discussions a ton is no, what you're describing, the Bible is not prescribing, it's describing. And this is a really common way that people avoid mm-hmm. um, responsibility for things. So I always pump back and say the burden is not on the burden of proof isn't on me to show you that it is prescribing, not describing. Yes, it's describing at times, but don't neglect as some of them do. That's actually prescribing, not just describing. And uh, it is interesting. People are working very hard to do some interpretive gymnastics so they can feel better about, I just want to sleep in. I don't really want to go. I don't really need it. You know? Yep. The other part of me knows uh, leveraging force and guilt in this area Mm -hmm. is pretty counterproductive. Right. And, Again, undoing all of this stuff like, okay, you're on vacation. I understand that you're probably not going to be at your home church. Yep. You're sick. I understand you're not going to be at your home church. Yep. Your kids are sick. I understand that you have to stay home. And this is where technology is a great gift. Um, my heart breaks for all of the kids who are learning from their mom and dad spiritual patterns of corporate worship and ministry in COVID. They're, this is going to be, it's like a, like when you go back over your life, your pain points are milestones. Like you don't forget them. This season is going to be a milestone for every young person alive. Mm. And they are going to remember the habits and patterns and the values. And all COVID is, all it has done is exposed our hearts, you know? Mm. And there've been a bunch of things that COVID has exposed in my family and me personally. And as I see them, I'm like, I actually don't want that to be what my kids remember. I want to do something better. I want Mm. to overcome the flesh and the desires and ease and laziness and all Mm. the other stuff that is inside of me personally. And, um, but my, my heart breaks for all the kids who have not walked through church doors in two years Mm -hmm. um, because of COVID. And uh, some people have, there are some who have legitimate reasons and I'm sensitive to those, but there, there are many, it's just like, Honestly, it's like we'll hear them say, it's just easier. Well, and and we we learned the comfort of not having to do that on a regular basis. And then, you know, when you have it technology wise, Mm -hmm. like, well, I could just watch it online. We've fallen into that where it's just like, oh, man, it was a really busy week and we're exhausted and, uh, you know, kind of thing like that. You have a Sunday where you're like everything in me just says you need rest which yeah. is part of the also American culture yeah. where we're like, go, 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 yeah. go. Yeah. But this shouldn't be the first on the chopping block. Yep. And, you well, know. it always is. You, yeah. had a, you had a late Saturday night. You're out with your friends. This this is always, even though there's an yeah. 11 o'clock service at Village Church, yeah. Yeah. you literally can <laughs> you sleep until 10 a.m. to the 11. I know. You know. And again, my hope is not to tick someone off with this yes, one. right. My actual hope is to say, let's just have an honest conversation mm-hmm. about it. And again, if you're not here, I'm not sitting here judging you. Yeah, I'm just, it's my, actually not our job to do that. That's something that you can sit yeah. with. And if you're okay with where yeah. you're at, the Lord works on us where we're at, but we yep. do need to speak truth. And the Bible says, yeah. be there. Well, let's make a deal. If somebody comes back with a really good reason why it is a completely appropriate to skip church for two years, especially if you have kids, uh, I would love to hear it. And I will change my complete tune. We'll open up another episode. <laughs> I love it. We I love it. On this one. And, <laughs> and again, maybe, maybe we, uh, uh, maybe we need to be challenged. I don't know. So I want to thank you. Um, I appreciate all this. And um, so I'll see you at church on Sunday. That sounds probably. good. <laughs> sounds good. Well, I want to invite you back next time when we answer the question, how can I overcome the pain of betrayal?